Hey, welcome to episode two of The Commit, a quick podcast where we highlight what's new and noteworthy in software development. So let's get started. First up, I wanted to talk about CSS color, uh, specifically OKLCH or Oaklitch. I'll call, I'll call it Oaklitch. Might not be correct, but so there's an article by Jeff Graham at Smashing Magazine called Falling for OKLCH, A Love Story of Color, Spaces, Gamuts, and CSS. So this was making the rounds um, a week or two ago. So in this article, he talks about gamuts and color spaces. So color spaces sort of describe and organize colors. You can think of it like a box of crayons. They each have their own system of describing colors. And gamuts represent the range of colors that a particular space can represent. So the ranges of the shades that the box of crayons can draw. We're used to using RGB, hex, HSL, but there's another gamut called Display P3, which has a much broader spectrum of color, and it's something that sRGB just cannot translate. It would sort of be like trying to play surround sound on a single speaker. It's just not possible. And one of P3's color spaces is OKLCH, or Oaklitch. Now, Oaklitch is similar to HSL. It, it's intuitive, whereas it takes in three arguments, lightness, chroma, which is sort of like saturation, but a little different, he explains in the article, and hue. He also talks about how Oaklitch can eliminate the gray zones between blending colors. So if you've ever seen when you're trying to blend two colors together, kind of in the middle, there's a little bit of a, a gray zone. Um, so it's a... In-depth article, uh, very interesting read, definitely worth checking out. So next up, um, talking about HSL kind of got me thinking about a book I read maybe four year, four or five years ago called Refactoring UI by Adam Waitham and Steve Shoger. These are the Tailwind guys. This was a really, really good book that introduced me to using HSL colors just because it's it's easy to understand, whereas if you're using hex or even RGB, the numbers are a little confusing, especially hex. I mean, unless you're some math whiz, it's kind of hard to just look at a hex color and know what what each letter and number means. So this book, Refactoring UI, is a great book about design written for developers. This book lays out a good foundation for design principles and design systems, talks about things like having primary and secondary colors, uh, picking five to 10 shades, um, having a set amount of typography variables and spacing variables so that everything on the page is sort of uniform. They also have some just really good tips for designing. One of them was in order to find the right amount of white space. First, you start with way too much white space and then subtract it away. So instead of normally, which would I, what I used to do is you would add a little bit, look at it, add a little more, look at it, add a little more. Um, so they're, ta they're sort of taking the opposite approach where you're just starting with way too much and then 
slowly sizing it down until it looks right. And it, it is amazing how, how much different and better uh, your designs will look. Uh, definitely a really good read. I still refer back to it. So take a look. Uh, next up, we have a repo called Build Your Own X. So this is a repo that has a bunch of tutorials on building your own versions of existing frameworks and packages. I thought this is a really good example how things work under the hood. Uh, they have a they have a front end framework section where uh, they show you, for example, how to build a JSX renderer from scratch, um, how to b- build a version of React from scratch. Uh, as I said, this is a great way to learn. When I was first starting out, I remember having an engineer tell me to take the time to look at at repos and packages that I found interesting and just to learn how they work under the hood. Uh, finally, take a look at a post that DHH, the creator of Ruby on Rails, wrote um, after they decided to drop TypeScript from Turbo, which is an open source project. So let's just say that there were some very unhappy developers and they resorted to almost uh, digital rioting of the repo. He called it hooliganism. So people were creating PRs to add TypeScript back. Uh, there was even a couple PRs just to delete the entire project. So his post, he talks about the fanaticism with TypeScript and just how dogmatic and polarizing this topic can get. Not much different than how everything else in life is today. But uh, I mean, I tend to agree with them. They remove TypeScript fine. I mean... I'm sure they had a good reason for it. TypeScript does a lot of good, but I think people can get a little nutty about it when, especially in the end, it all compiles back to JavaScript anyway. So, And in 15 years, even 10 years, or in six months, who knows what we'll be using to build apps. So that's it for today. Uh, All the links will be in the show notes, and we'll see you next time.